Jesus is our example of what the normal Christian life is meant to be. You know, he he did what he did as a man surrendered to God, empowered by the Holy Spirit in a right relationship. Hi there, friend. This is Brian Del Turco. Welcome to Jesus Smart, the podcast, episode 16. The belief here is that Jesus knows how life works best. See the show notes page for this episode at jesussmart.com. What you're about to hear is the second part of a conversation with Jake Veach. He's a staff pastor at Bethel Cleveland with senior leaders Steve and Cindy Witt. He's also the director of the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, Cleveland. Listen to episode 14 to catch the first part. In this episode, you'll discover that as we know the Creator, Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we better understand His creation. Also, as we progress in our revelation and knowledge of Christ, we progress in our identity and destiny. We understand who we are and what we can do. We'll also discover that Jesus wants to coach us up bringing us to more and more breakthrough points. He wants us to see him differently with each successive advance. Well, let's get right into it. Enjoy the conversation with Jake Veach. In the Lord's Prayer, when he says, you know, pray like this, Lord, uh, let your, your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I see that as a as the Lord inviting us to uh, to find out what what is the reality of heaven and to pull that down into our experience here on earth and uh, you know so if when I think through that uh, I go well there's is there sickness in heaven there's not there's not sickness in heaven uh, is is there sickness in Jesus well, he, he doesn't have sickness to give you know and so so that that's a reality that I want to tap into. Now, what I, I think, you know, it, it, what it doesn't mean is it doesn't mean that I deny my experience. No. It doesn't mean that, you know, I go to the doctor and he says, well, you have a broken leg. And you say, well, there's no broken legs in heaven, so I don't have a broken leg. You know, it's not, it's not a blind declaration in, uh, in the face of a real situation. But it is the invitation of heaven to come down and to change my circumstance. That's right, a higher reality based on promise. Now, just a couple things here. If you're thinking that that prayer that Jesus gave us in the Lord's Prayer, that prayer template, is that we are to only pray for his kingdom to come when Jesus comes again, you're not seeing the full spectrum of that prayer. I'm, I'm just I'm just interjecting this. Yeah. Some people yeah. believe that, that we're praying, and, and it does include that. We're praying for the fullness and the consummation of his kingdom when he that he brings with his coming. Absolutely. But we're also to taste the powers of the age which are to come, Hebrews 6, 5. And we, and we sort of pray that prayer on two different sort of dimensions. We, we pray it for the ultimate fulfillment of his kingdom come, but we're also praying it now that his kingdom is in breaking now. And Jesus talked about both dimensions. He talked about yeah. the kingdom is within you, and, and, there, and there's just... It's the already not yet, you know, if you're yep. familiar with that phrase in theology as you're listening to this. The, all, the kingdom is here already, but it's not yet fully consummated. Yeah. But much of the experience in the, in the modern church, especially in certain parts of the world like the West, is uh, we really tend to overemphasize the kingdom that is coming only, and we don't have enough of the inbreaking of kingdom reality now. 
Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Uh, tasting the powers of the age. And it's supposed to be a, really a witness to Christ and to that age which is coming. We're tasting the powers uh, of the age to come. Prayed in faith both ways is what I'm encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. So what about like relational realm? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we we have uh, we have in in Jesus the the reality that we are that we are loved, that we are the uh, you know cherished by God. We are children of God. Mm. That we are um, you know that that he that it was worth it to him to lay down his life. Yeah. You know to to see us come into salvation and to come into not only not only the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but to bring us into a family. Yeah, that we are now part of the body of Christ, connected to one another, and you know, a lot of times the the relational pain that we feel can come from the way that we see and process who we are in the light of past wounds and hurts. Mm-hmm. And I think in Jesus, we have the opportunity to take those wounds and hurts and to to see them reconciled in Him. You know, where He gets to heal us, He gets to mend us. And not only not only our uh, pain individually, but to restore us to community. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, all through the New Testament, we see uh, the writers encouraging the believers to be in community, to be connected to one another, to handle conflict well, to uh, to handle handle um, disagreements well, and to to be in good relationship. And so I, I think in that there's an invitation to say, you know, in in uh, in Jesus, there's unity. You know, he in his high priestly prayer in John 17, he prayed that that we would be one just as he and the Father are one, and that we, we would be one with him, and we would be. So we are actually able to relate, right? Yeah. In yeah. the community of faith, it can also practically manifest in what friendships or partnerships or marriage, parenting, extended family. Absolutely, I think. In, I mean, any time that there is human interaction, there's the the potential and the, I think the the call to you know, to be connected, to stay connected and to, uh, to run with people. Right. To run you with know, people. We've been given important. the ministry of reconciliation. That's right. You know, which and means to, to what? Put to things bring back people, together yeah, again. Absolutely. That have been broken. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important. And I, uh, there's really this sense. I, I mean, Jesus, that high priestly prayer in John 17, it seems that he's inviting us into the, like the glory or the intimacy of the Godhead as well. Not that we become God, of course, but as on earth, he's inviting us into that deep level of connection that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have mm-hmm. with Him yeah. and in that with each yeah. other, right? Now, I mean, just think if you really pursue that, like in marriage, for example, what that could mean. That could be extremely powerful yeah. for a couple to be on mission together and to, um, you know, really, really relate with that level. I mean, I know that Satan is warring against who God is, the knowledge of God, right? Um, we see it back in the garden where Satan is trying to interject and say, here's what God's really like. Yeah. Uh, so if we even look to like the principle of like first mention in terms of interpreting scripture, the first time we see Satan, that's what he's doing. Yeah. He's, yeah, coming, he's lying he, and deceiving. He's, he's coming into the garden and he's lying and, he, and he's casting aspersions upon God. Yeah. You know, so this is a major sort of modus operandi of, of Satan. Hey, Jake, what, what do you think about, back to Matthew 16, just quickly, what do you think about Peter makes a profession of revelation of who Christ is. And then it's like looking in a mirror. Jesus then looks right back at him and says, let me tell you who you yeah. are. Yeah. I mean, that is really a key, isn't it? To our Absolutely. own unfolding identity and understanding of who we are. I don't think, I, I don't think that we can understand who we are fully without understanding who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe the more that. I learn about him, the more that I see him, the more I see me, mm-hmm. you know, cause I was, you know, in, in Genesis, you know, one, yeah, I see that, you know, he says, let us make man in our image, 
you know, in, 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 in our image, let us, you know, create him. And, you know, when we see what he's like, when we see our creator, we learn about his creation. And, you know, so I like when I, when I see him as the author and the finisher and the one who formed me in my mother's womb, I learn about my, my purpose. I learn about my intent and, uh, you know, why, what I was made for. Yeah. Your design. Yeah. It's designed for you. Yeah. Which is your best state, your highest life, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that, and that's always discovered in surrender to Him. In surrender to Him, and in an unfolding understanding of who He is, right? Yeah, who God is in Christ. It's so important. I mean, you can actually find your highest sense of calling in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the story of George Washington Carver, the black botanist from the mid eighteen hundreds, a devout Christian. He prayed every morning that God would reveal to him secrets. Yeah, I mean, the, the account of history is incredible. You can you can read it. There's books about it. There's, but. You know, God, show me the secrets of the universe. And God basically invited him to start with his peanut. Yeah. Are you familiar with this? Yeah. Okay. It's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful story. And he's in his laboratory there in the South. He became a preeminent botanist. He testified before Congress. Uh, Some committee in Congress invited him for like a 15-minute presentation. Ended up being like some hours long. They were so fascinated. He was highly educated, had a graduate-level education. But he accounts it to revelation. He took apart the peanut, discovered over a hundred uses for the peanut revolutionized Southern agriculture. Yeah. So you're saying that our revelation of God reflecting back to us who we, it's a revelation of his creation. Yeah. And our place in it. Yeah. Our work. Absolutely. Our, our influence. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times we, we pray things that, um, that I, th- I think is, it moves against what God's actually intending. Sometimes we pray things like Lord, less of me and more of you. And we pray it with a Ooh. with a good heart. We pray it in yeah. the, you know to say, Lord, I want your purpose for my life. I want your will for my life. But it's an interesting it's an interesting thing the mindset that that can create because then we start to think, well, I I need to start to disappear so that He can show up. <laughs> but if He didn't want me, why would He make me? When He's wanting to show up through you, yeah. He, you he wants you. to He wants to do life with me. <laughs> he wants to He wants me to be a light that shines in the darkness. And that doesn't happen because I disappear. Yeah. It happens because I am, I am demonst- I get to, I get the opportunity to demonstrate what life can look like as a, a human vessel surrendered to God, filled with His Holy Spirit, and doing my best to put Him on display. Yeah, we have to be careful. The parts of our prayer life are not based on an insufficient theology, right? Yeah. I mean, I hear these songs sometimes. Once in a while, I heard a song. You know, I don't know something like. I don't belong here. They're singing this world. Take me away. This world doesn't belong to me. I know what they're saying. A better approach would be that I'm not part of this world's fallen system. But as far as the earth goes, I mean, there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. This thing is not going away. Yeah, we might we, we might as well kind of sort of, in a sense, root down and get comfortable and start, you know, this is my father's world. There's a great prayer in Ephesians chapter one, Jake, an apostolic prayer of Paul, I think, starting with verse 17, he when I heard about your faith, when I heard about your love, I pray this prayer for you constantly. I ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation yeah. in the knowledge of Christ and uh, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, right? That you would know the hope of your calling. Yeah. That you would know the riches of the glory of his inheritance that is in the saints. That You would know the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. And then he likens it to resurrection and ascension power. Check it out in Ephesians 1. I I don't know. 
year or two ago, I, I was challenged that this is a prayer. Prayers are eternal in nature. They're like incense that's set before the throne. Yeah. They never die. That prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesian church is still there. And, you know, probably millions of believers have prayed that prayer throughout church history since the time of Paul. So the way I see it is that I'm just entering a prayer meeting with the Apostle Paul and millions of my preceding believers before me and believers on the earth now that are praying that prayer. That's a great prayer meeting to be in. Yeah. You know, it's a great prayer. And I'm going to tell you, that prayer right there, Ephesians 1, Spirit of Revelation and Knowledge of Christ, is like a template you could put over your life, and stuff will happen that you're not even looking for. You don't even know it's going to happen yeah. because of that. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think about that? That's a great prayer, isn't it? It is a great prayer. You know, I, I, I think that that... You know, to to know the the hope of our calling, the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we'd be, that we'd be you know drawn into an understanding of what he's called us to and, and who he's called us to be, I I think you know there's there's uh, he, he first shows us like we were just talking about with with Peter he shows us who we are, and then from who we are he shows us what what to do, and it always it always starts with that aspect of identity, you know that he's first called us to be sons, you know we're, we're sons and daughters of the Most High. And then from from that foundation of the identity that he reveals to us in in and through Jesus, uh, he calls us to a, to task. You know, it's always laid on the foundation of you're loved. You know, you're you're my son. Yeah, you know, it's why before Jesus does any any miracles, he's baptized by John the Baptist, and the you know the Spirit descends on him like a dove, and the voice comes out of heaven and says, "This That's is right. my son, in whom I am well pleased." Yeah, right. You know, and it's after that declaration of his identity that we see him step into the task of his calling. That's good. And I think it's the that same for us. That was the activator us. right there, wasn't it? Yeah, it's this yeah, it's this catalytic moment which, you know, when we talked about the the garden with, you know, the first time that we see uh you know, the the saint in scripture is him lying and and deceiving uh you know, Adam, Adam and Eve, and then you see him again with Jesus who was the second Adam. In you know, as Jesus goes to fast and pray, and the the enemy comes to to tempt him, and again his his tactics are the same. He comes to to undermine who he is. Well, did God really you know what God has said? Did God really say? If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, challenging who he is, you know, did God really say? Challenging what God said, and but in Jesus we see him overcome the enemy. Where where Adam failed, Jesus succeeded. That's right. You know. That's right. And in Christ, we succeed as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, we are in Christ. He won that victory for us. But that also practically works out in our own lives in ways. We, too, will be sort of tested on those edges, right? Yeah. And in Christ, we have the victory uh, in his victory. Absolutely. Really. You know, for, for um, you know, we, we all, I think, have those, the, the, the enemy, he's, you know, he, uh, he, like, he doesn't, he doesn't like, people he doesn't like us you know because he he sees in us we we get to partner with the lord and and he doesn't get to be around him anymore and <laughs> you know he god chose to overthrow what the enemy is trying to doing trying to do with us you know he we get to partner uh, with us. partner with yeah. partner with him and i think in that you know he he uses the same tactics he's 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 not always the smartest smartest thing you know he's he comes and he challenges who we are and he challenges what did god really say and in our own life he comes and he does the same thing that he tried to that he tried to do to adam yeah he tried to do to jesus and then he's tried to do all throughout history is go well if i can if i can get you to doubt who you are you know are you are you really saved are you really 
does he really like you? Does God really like you? Do people really like you? Do you really belong in the body of Christ? Mm-hmm. Are you and, really a son? Um, are you really yeah, a daughter? Right? Absolutely. Are, are you beloved? Yeah. Did God really say, you know, did, you know, did he really tell you that he was going to come through for you? You know, and he tries to challenge those same things today. So he's not that smart, you're saying, Jake? Yeah, you know, I think... I he, mean, he's deceptive. He's deceptive. He's deceptive, and he's sneaky, he's sneaky about yeah, it, but I think, po- yeah, go ahead. you know, God, God is faithful to expose him for what he is, and he's a, he's a deceiver, you know, and I, I think we, that's part of the, the hope that we see in Jesus is that where, where, you know, we had failed before, he succeeded. And he becomes the firstborn of a new creation. So do we go through, it seems to me we may go through seasons or cycles where these temptations will come. The enemy will come at us in these same patterns, right? These same ways. But if we successfully pass that and transition into kind of a new space or a new level with God, you know, and then we we kind of break through a membrane into a new space. And then, you know, eventually it comes around again and test us in that space or in that level, these same basic patterns. And if we successfully pass it, we kind of break, we keep breaking through membranes or coming into new levels higher and higher with God, right? And in our calling, it, it, it seems that if we could become skilled at discerning that and successfully passing those temptations, we're going to be okay. We're going to progress. Yeah. Oh, I think it's, I think it's part of why he puts us in, he puts us in a body, he puts us in a community, you know, so that Mm. when, as you know, when the enemy comes and he tries to, uh, lie to us about who we are, we have, we have friends surrounding us, family surrounding us that that says, Hey, that's not who, that's not who you are. You know, you're, you are more than that. You know, this you've, God has called you. He loves you. He's called you a son. We love you. You know, he's called you to be part of our, our family, yeah, part of our body. Absolutely. And um, so that we never, we're never meant to fight that stuff alone. We will always be more with others than by ourselves. Yeah. There will be a ceiling over our lives if we're not rightly connected, you know, and grafted into a sort of a sovereign sense of direction upon a local expression, a community of faith, the church, right? Um, yeah, I can see that very clearly. Well, I'm, I'm encouraged by this, Jake. Now, as we kind of, put down the landing gear and come in. Um, what, um, what do you say? I know we were having a preceding discussion. Uh, what do you say about we're in a season and, uh, or, or we go through an experience like the disciples went through with the feeding of the, the multitudes mm-hmm. and they had a revelation of God in that. And then just on the heels of that, not too much later, they're like worried about their lunch or something. I mean, what, yeah. what are your, yeah. <laughs> what can we learn from that? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fun scripture to dissect. You know, in in Mark eight, we we see Jesus feed the five thousand, and you know he multiplies the bread, he multiplies the fishes, and shortly after Jesus and the disciples get into the boat, Jesus starts to warn them about the leaven of the Pharisees, and they hear leaven and they think, oh no, Jesus is hungry, and we forgot to bring bread, we forgot to bring food, and uh, you know Jesus looks at them and says, guys. You know, as he, as he does multiple times through Scripture, looks at them and says, "Guys, you know how how long are you going to be with me where you don't where you don't understand?" And in verse eighteen, he says, "You know, do you having eyes do you not see? Having ears do you not hear? Do you, you know, do you do you not yet understand?" And he, you know, when when I read through that, I see him go, "Look, you're worried that that you forgot lunch, but you're forgetting the testimony." Uh, of what I just did. I just fed 5,000 people with one boy's lunch. You know, I can... And you're worried about your lunch today. Yeah, and you're, you're worried that I you're not going to eat. I took one lunch, 
and fed five or 7,000 men, probably yeah. more with women and children. And you're worried about your lunch today. Absolutely. That's amazing. You know, so Jesus expected that. I would, I would never do that. No. <laughs> Jesus expected the disciples, having seen him come through with a miracle of provision, he expected them to see lack differently for the rest of their life. And so when they looked at lack and said, oh, no, what are we going to do? He said, guys, you, you're not getting it. I've showed you what I'm like. I'm the God who provides. He wanted them to come to a new level and hold it, right? Yeah. Yeah. When we experience him, we experience a, a revelation of who he is, that that becomes our new normal. That becomes the standard that, that we that's hold our in floor. our life. Yeah. Yeah. We build from that point up. Don't go to the basement once you're there, man. Yeah. <laughs> man, oh, man. That's a new level. And then we, and then we build from there. And how far can he take us? I mean, yeah, how high I mean, can we he, go in him? I, I think, you know, Jesus is our... Jesus is our example of what the normal Christian life is meant to be. Yeah. You know, he, he did what he did as a man surrendered to God, empowered by the Holy Spirit yeah. in right relationship. Even though he was both God and man, you're saying that when he was on the earth, the way he lived and how he functioned was as a man fully yielded to God. Yeah. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, we have, we, you know, uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory, you know, our, our hope in Christ comes from he did what he did as a man empowered by God. If he did everything that he did as God, then his example means nothing for us because uh, exactly. we will never be God. Why would he, how could he expect us to come up to that level? Yeah. We are not God. Paul even says, you know, Jesus, Jesus, uh, considering himself not to be equal, you know, with, with God, right? He, he laid down, he, he did what he did as man empowered by God while still being fully God. Right. He did what he did as man, empowered by God, to show us a template for what the Christian life was meant to be. Are you familiar with Watchman Nee, probably? Yeah. The great Chinese Bible teacher preceding the Maoist Communist Revolution. The Normal Christian Life. Have you read it? I haven't read that one yet. It's really, it is on my list, though. Really a treatment of Romans. Fantastic book. But uh, that's basically what he's saying in there. The normal Christian life is not the average Christian life. There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, good. Don't confuse average with norm because the average that we see around us and maybe even in our own personal history is not the norm. We're called to the normal Christian yeah. life, yeah. which is a certain baseline that's based upon the level of Jesus Christ, what he modeled for us, right? It's really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. When we see Jesus as, you know, you know scripture says the firstborn of a new creation, you know, he's, he's the firstborn, the template of all of the believers that will bear his name that come after him. Mm -hmm. You know, we're born into that kingdom. We're born into that, that yeah. bloodline now. And, uh, you know, so he, he becomes that, that template for what the Christian life is meant to be. We, we trust God. We seek God. We see what he's doing and we do that. We hear what he's saying and we say that, you know, and we, we walk in our right relationship. With so him. to be conformed to the nature of Jesus Christ, Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah. it's not just, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, although it is that, of course, the nature of Christ is love, it is joy, it is peace. But what about being conformed to the nature of Jesus Christ in capacity, like what he did in terms of like yeah. power? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. the feeding of people, right? Is is, is not that also yeah. being conformed to the nature of Christ? Well, yeah, I mean, he says, you know, look, it's better for you that I go, you know, because you know, the one who comes after me, you know, like, you, this is going to be better for you. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to you. And he says, you know, greater things will you do than, than I did. You know, gr you will do greater works. 
And there's this sense that you know he is he is setting the stage for the the uh, for believers to come and to continue to do what he was doing. That we heal the sick, we pray, yeah. we, we pray for the broken, we recon yeah we reconcile the 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 brokenhearted and you know to to community and and I think you know it's we uh, when we when we make Jesus when we well let let me rephrase I think. You know, Galatians two twenty tells us that you know uh, that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And when we see salvation as the old man has died, mm-hmm. the new man lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're not perfect. You know, we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to you know figure it out along the way. And that's why we have forgiveness and repentance and the blood mm-hmm. of Jesus and and all of that. But He is inviting us to look like Him. Absolutely is, and that will refract through you as an individual. In a unique way, there will definitely be like a signature look and a signature activity through all of us that is Jesus, but it will refract or reflect like a kaleidoscope. You're one part of it. The colors of it will come through you uniquely. Yeah. You know, and that's all part of his plan. And I just really want to underscore partnership that God is all from the garden on. It's always about partnership between heaven and earth. Yeah. You know, it's always about God's activity being downlinked through an empowered human being and empowered marriages, empowered communities uh, on the earth, right? Instead of passively just asking or hoping that something will happen and waiting for it to like drop on our head somehow, a hope and a prayer, a Hail Mary of sorts. And um, really it's transformative in nature, isn't it, Jake? It's coming in us and through us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as as God touches our life, we can't help but be transformed, you know, to to be more like Him. You know, we go from glory to glory, transformed, transformed by the power and love of Jesus. All right, oh man, I appreciate it, Jake. I I appreciate you. And um, would you be willing to pray? Oh, absolutely. For those who are listening and uh, straight into their ear holes, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whether they're listening when this episode first drops, or whether it's six months, one year two years down the line, they somehow find it. It's evergreen in nature. Uh, let's just extend our faith through time to them. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah, well, we do. Lord, we, I just thank you for, for all those listening, God. And I, I pray that for all of us that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation to see, to see uh, Jesus for who he is. The, the, he's the Christ, the son of the living God, our redeemer, our savior, our, he is our forgiveness. He is our, uh, he is our reconciliation. He he is the one who comforts us and holds us. And and uh, I, I I pray God that we would grow in our uh, understanding of who you are. That as we continue to dive into Scripture and we continue to dive into community, that we would that we would see you as our Father. That we would be uh, affirmed and and. Um, and established in our identity as sons and daughters of, of the King. And uh, that that would touch every area of our life, that the revelation of who you are would infiltrate and be established into every area of our thinking, every area of our life, and that it would show up in our relationships, in our marriages, in our finances, in our churches, uh, that, that we would go from glory to glory and that we, that we would reflect the, the beauty of Jesus to the world. Yeah. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Jake. Friend, it's all about us seeking the Lord Jesus Christ, seeking his kingdom and righteousness. As we do, everything we're designed for is added to us. You see, Jesus is the standard, the template. He is our reference point for what is the normal Christian life. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate and honor your life and your ministry. Thank you for rating, reviewing, and following this podcast. It helps others discover the content to see if it's a good fit for them. Plus, it keeps you connected. Visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. Check out the next episode, number 17. It's part two in our mini-sode series on apostolic Christ following. Very interesting topic. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is brilliant. Make it a smart week, and all the best until next time. Yeah.